Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin our number two of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming to you from South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Going to have much more coming up uh, this hour. Jonathan Von Tobel will join us, our senior NBA analyst. And certainly Jonathan's going to have some great information after what he saw Game number one of 82-game schedule. And then Ricardo Lamas. Uh, if you don't know who Ricardo is, you haven't been following UFC. The last man to beat Charles Oliveira at 145 pounds. Of course, Oliveira right now, the kingpin, at 155 ahead of UFC 280, which goes off in Abu Dhabi on Saturday as he gets ready to take on Islam Makachev for the 155-pound title. Can't wait to catch up with the bully, Ricardo Lamas. But we do have a pro tip here that we give those out each and every hour here across the VEASAN spectrum. So if you're a VEASAN Pro subscriber, that means you're up to 20 pro tips a day. Today's, very simple. We just went through the truth in the MVP market, certainly for quarterbacks. And even though it's a down quarterback market this year, and really Josh Allen is kind of running away with the award, don't waste your money trying to bet those running backs and wide receivers at long odds in the MVP market. It is basically a quarterback-driven award at this point. If somehow injuries play a part to the top two guys, then maybe you can look back into the market as the year goes on. But Amal, to your point, it just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of value no matter how high those numbers for running backs or wide receivers might be. Yeah, absolutely right. I just think, you know, when we were going over the MVP for the NFL, I mean, who's the last guy to win it? Adrian Peterson? What was that, 2012? Yeah, Adrian Peterson, 2012, yep. That's it. And again, if you're looking for a defensive player, it hasn't happened since Lawrence Taylor did it in 1986. 
By the way, still the stupidest question ever asked of all time was at that press conference when the Bears were getting ready to play the Patriots. And he goes, uh, how, do the, how does Khalil Mack compare to uh, Lawrence Taylor? What do you say? Is, or no, is Khalil Mack on the same level? Something like that towards Lawrence Taylor. And I love Belichick's answer. He goes, this is Lawrence Taylor we're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. A lot of people always want to say that people are knocking down the door of LT for the greatest of all time. That ain't happening. But again, just in reference, a defensive player hasn't won it since 86. Running backs haven't won since Adrian Peterson. It's a really tall order to beat a quarterback for this award. You've had three non-quarterbacks in the past 20 years. Oh, so go. great. We've got a 15% chance. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that is the pro tip for hour number one. Again, you can go as a VEASAN pro subscriber to VEASAN.com, sort them out by show and or by sport. We like to do these on Wednesday. Win total Wednesday. Let's get to college football edition thereof. <laughs> And look at the adjusted totals that we see out there. We'll go right to the to the chalk, if you will, the top top dogs in college football. And the top dog is, of course, the Bulldogs from Georgia. Right now, their total to get to twelve, you got to lay a little juice minus a dollar thirty. You want to play the under? You can get plus a dollar ten. That seems interesting to me. Would there be any value in the under? Because I just don't see a whole lot there. Who's beating the dogs if it's not Bama? Uh, well, they're not going to play Alabama during the regular season. Right, only in the championship game. Yeah, and so you're looking at Tennessee. Mm. I, the one thing I'm convinced right now with Tennessee is their offense will be able to move the football. The question is how many points can they put up on Georgia? Because this Georgia statistically is better right now defensively than they were last year. The eye test doesn't look that way, but uh, Georgia has played well. They've really only been – they only had one game, really. That was against Oregon. They dusted them. What was that, like 49-3 to three or mm-hmm. something? Week one. Yeah, and um, – you know, they, they've done a tremendous job so far, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's going to be tough to beat Georgia. You know what the, the rules are for uh, win total Wednesday is that if it's over minus, if it's over $1.50 that you got to lay, then we have a JU Ice scenario. <laughs> We've got one. We got a lot of JU Ice with those balls. Minus $1.70 if you think they're going to get to 11 wins. Would you lay it with the balls, undefeated Tennessee at this juncture? Uh, you know, to me, I would take the over on Tennessee minus 170. They're not losing three games. Wow. So you're going to lay that JUS? Yeah, absolutely. Because, see, sometimes you're using the whole number of a 10 or a 9 or an 11 as mm. a as a push. As you're right. not, you're not lo- Tennessee's not losing three games. You think they're losing to Tennessee Martin this weekend? No. Okay, so Unless they, they don't get the goalpost out of the river. They don't need the goalpost. They can just go for two, okay? <laughs> just go for two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not stopping them. Um, Remaining schedule is Tennessee Martin, then Kentucky, Kentucky at yep. home, on the road at Georgia, Missouri at home, on the road at South Carolina, on the road at Vanderbilt. Okay. There's, there's not three losses Well, there. exactly. Now, you do have three rivalry games in there that people may not be familiar with. Kentucky and, and uh, Tennessee, huge rivalry, mm-hmm. up and down 75 right there. Vandy in-state rival right there from Nashville. Uh, South Carolina? Uh, no, and then Georgia. Oh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's a huge rival as well. So, big rivalry games. But are they really losing three of those games? No, I don't think they're losing to Kentucky. And then Vandy, they're going to be able to take care of business. I mean, I think Georgia only beat Vandy. It was a close game on Saturday. I don't know if you saw it. I think it was only 55 nothing. <laughs> so, again, 6-0. and Normally, you don't like laying that kind of uh, price, right? You don't no, like laying the dollar seven. I, but to your point, it feels like the worst you would do is a push. Yeah, but you know, like last night, I laid minus one seventy under three and a half runs going into the top of the eighth last night. 
And I was like, they're not scoring twice in this game. Right. I got to get beat with a two-run bomb. You're not getting me by hitting three base hits. No, you almost got beat with an error in the ninth. But that, it would have taken something out of, out of the foreseen. Right. You know, that always drives me nuts. Just get the one out. Yeah, Don't no. try to make the hero play. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I look at this, Dave. Okay, real quick. They've got six games remaining. Tennessee Martin's not beating them. Misery's not beating them. And South Carolina's not beating them. So now you got to win against Vandy, Kentucky. Or if, let's say you flip the Vandy-South Carolina argument. I mean, they're not losing three games there. No. So, again, even though that's the biggest price point there, minus $1.70, it actually would not necessarily be a bad bet at this juncture because I think 10 gets you at least a push to get your money back. It feels like they're going to get to 11 wins at some point. They look like they're 11-1. and one. Right? Yeah. Let me bring up another one where you get a, uh, some pretty good plus values, and they're both in, uh, the, in the Pac-12. UCLA, if you think they can get to 11 wins, now look, it's 10 and a hook there, plus $1.65. USC just suffered their first loss. What's the dollar ninety? Is there danger working now? Look, UCLA is the, the underdog this weekend against Quack Attack uh, against Oregon. Do you think UCLA can win eleven games? Do we trust Chip Kelly and DTR that much? I, I do believe they can win eleven games. Um, here's the thing: I think it's a more challenging play. Look, I'm trying to find plays that are simplistic where I'm not worried about sweating it. Right? Okay, but they've it, already got six in the in the books for you. Right yeah, there. Well, this is it's gonna come down to two games. At, at Oregon this weekend, which I think they got a great shot to win. Stanford at Arizona State, Arizona, USC at home and at Cal. Um, I think they're gonna take care of business against the two Arizona schools and against Cal and Stanford as well. So it comes down to you, do you believe they're gonna beat Oregon and USC? I believe they're gonna win one of those two games. I would take that one. The one that I think is challenging is USC. Okay. They're at ten and a half at one ninety. They have to win the remainder of their games to get to eleven wins. I don't see that happening. Uh, very quickly, just kind of looking at the numbers there mm-hmm. with UCLA. So I believe last I saw they were five-point dogs yep. this weekend. Sometimes we do that math, whether or not you want to play them. Because, again, maybe to cash that ticket, they're going to have to beat UCLA, either Oregon on the road or beat SC at home in that rivalry game. Would it make more sense to play Moneyline UCLA this week? against Quack Attack instead of taking that, that longer play where they got to win five out of six? Excellent, excellent point. I'll tell you what, you brought up a great point that I didn't think about. If you just play the Bruins, a money line in this one, mm-hmm. look, now the argument can be made if they lose this game and they still beat USC, you can still get the victory. Right. Uh, but um, then you've got a lot of pressure the remaining five games you've got to run the table. So that, that that's an interesting one. I still think the Bruins are in great spot here. Uh, I think, or look, Oregon's getting a lot of hype for what? Yeah. What have they done? They've had a good loss? Uh, and it was a bad loss. He gets smoked by Georgia. I'm just trying to find but how people this, look at it as a good loss. Sometimes, I, I, I have right? no idea. But I mean, to me, they barely escaped in the Palouse, which, you know, a lot of times people don't realize it's not an easy place to travel to. Uh, and we saw that they scored 29 points in that fourth quarter. The, not, the one that stuck out to me, and this is the easiest bet on here, mm-hmm. is the Michigan one at 11 and a half. The, this, they're plus 450. Unless Illinois is going into the big house and winning. This is the best bet on here. We shouldn't even be discussing anything else. Michigan over 11.5. Is this number correct? That can't be correct. I got to think that that's a mistake. By the way, well, no, the reason why is because the under says minus $6. The over is 11.5 plus 450. I might be double checking. We're going to have to take a look at that because I'm with you. My eyes go, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. By the way, to the UCLA point that we're trying to make here, instead of projecting if you want to get that that nice, juicy number plus $1.65 to hit 11 wins, this week against Oregon right now, on the money line, plus $1.95. So do you want to roll the dice with one game against, you know, up there at Quack Attack this weekend? Or do you want to do the, the extrapolated game uh, uh, play here and say, can they win five of the next six, even if they lose this week against Oregon? Even though I believe the Bruins are going to win this weekend, 
I think they can still have a hiccup and run the table and go 11-1. and one. That's where I think the challenge lies. Okay, that Michigan number is correct. So let's get back to the Wolverines here very quickly. Okay, so for people that are unaware right now, we're talking about Michigan who comes in 7-0. and Oh, my. They've got Michigan State, and you think they're not ready for this game after, after that horrific last call year? last year in East Lansing? This is going to be a beatdown. I'm going to tell you right now. Remember when Michigan opted out due to COVID in 2020 against mm-hmm. Ohio State? If I'm Sparty, I'm going with the COVID call this weekend. Um, and then you're at Rutgers. Remember, this is a team that beat in Piscataway one year, 78 nothing. Yes. Um, Nebraska not losing the next four weeks. Well, the Illinois game could be a bit Ooh. interesting because this team can run the football and they can defend the run. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And then Ohio State. So here's the thing to me, though. You've got to play Michigan. I said before the season, their season win total over nine and a half is a good play because oh, yeah. I didn't think they were going to lose three games. I'd play Michigan at plus 450. And then when they play Ohio State, you bet the Buckeyes on the money line, you're good. You've locked in profit. 100%. You need a T-shirt that says lock in profit. It's a great mantra. It really is. That is the way you can manipulate the market right there. You play Michigan right now plus 450. If they do their job the next four weeks, you're at 11 wins. So what do I do? I come back in Ohio State. Yeah, oh, it's an easy. And Ohio State's not going to be a minus $6 favorite. No so. way. So you're going to be able to uh, yeah. figure out a way to make money if you like the Wolverines, but again, they got to take care of business the next four weeks, which yeah. I think they will. Yeah, but I can't believe that Michigan is plus four and a half. That's a DraftKings, correct? That is a DraftKings, correct, yeah. yes. So there it is, people. There's some juicy numbers out there on a win total Wednesday. And again, what we're trying to do with that exercise is find you playable situations as them all just did to lock in profit if you like the Wolverines and or UCLA. If you think this weekend, almost a $2 betting underdog in the money line versus playing them over the course of the next six games you can try to figure out the best ways to manipulate that market if i can get that word out when we come back back to baseball we go take a look at some of the series prices and props ahead in the alcs and beyond come on back it is visa the sports betting network Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you have it, you already know. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? VSIN has a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99. Get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You get everything VSIN has to offer, including our 24 7 live shows, subscriber only betting guides to college football, bowl season, and the Super Bowl itself. All for less than the normal monthly rate. You're also going to get VSIN subscriber only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and World Cup. It is the best bet in the game. $99 for VSIN Pro. Now, through the Super Bowl, sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets on a Wednesday. Going to have JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, join us here uh, at the bottom half of this hour to discuss everything NBA. And then the bully, Ricardo Lamas, one of the baddest men on the planet at 145 pounds. He's going to join us in advance of UFC 280 to break down how he broke down Charles Oliveira and how Islam Makachev might be able to turn the trick this weekend in Abu Dhabi. But let's get back to baseball right now, Maul, because you look at the Astros and the Yanks. Look, one and two in the American League. Right. It played out. It did not play out that no. way in the National League as we have five and six with the Phillies and the Padres. But we do believe that at least through the 162, these are the two best teams in the American League. The Yankees, of course, looked like they just couldn't be stopped in the first half, really slowed down in the second half. Astros overtook them for the number one spot, and maybe that pays dividends here if this series goes deep, potentially six or seven. Over a $2 betting favorite here for the Strohs as they get underway. Justin Verlander taking the bump today against Jameson Tyon for the Yanks. How do you handicap the series as a whole? Do you look at the total games? Do you think it goes deep? Again, if you think it's going to be at least a five-game series, that's a huge number you got to weigh, seven to one. Or do you think this might be easy pickings for the Strohs going forward? 
Um, look, I like the way Houston's positioned this one. Their pitching has been tremendous. Verlander was the only hiccup they had in game number one, though. We've seen what uh, Garcia and McCullers did combine in game number three. And then, of course, Framber in game number two. So I think it's going to be tough for the Yankees who don't have – they're not a station-to-station baseball team like the Guardians were. They're a team that's going to rely on the long ball. They're going to need – when you get walks and hits and you get uh, you know a single or two, two runners on base – you need to make sure that you're able to deliver a three-run shot because that's where you're going to be able to win games. Solos are not going to win series for you. Obviously, yesterday it stood up for Philadelphia, but they got an elite-level pitching performance right. from Zach Wheeler. And against this Astros team where I think the pitching is going to really stymie this Yankees offense, um, there's some opportunities here. I'll tell you one thing I'll be looking for in this series, Dave, and uh, tonight's a perfect example of it. The Yankees are probably three and a half on the total tonight. I'll probably play the Yankees team total under. Yeah. And again, they're going to be up against it against Verlander because your point, we made it in the first hour. You just don't expect him, to, Justin Verlander, yeah. all famer to be to lay out another clunker, although the team was able to come back against Seattle and rally and get that win. So now it's up to $1.80. So even since we began big bets here on Wednesday, the number has gone up just a little bit, but still it's moved up to $1.80. And again, look at the, uh, the run line price. It's actually come down because yeah. I got it yesterday at plus $1.30. It's already down to plus $1.20. So I think the betting market, at least, is anticipating that the Strohs might run roughshod in game one. Yeah, it sure seems that way. I just think based on the way the pitching and everything worked out for New York, kind of against a Houston team that's rested, Astros series ended on Saturday. Uh, Verlander pitched, what, last on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. So this works out well for him. Seven days rest, a little bit more than normal. And you're talking about a guy stewing ready to go? Yeah. I mean, you know, he pitched very poorly in that game particularly by his standard. So I expect to see a big bounce back in this spot by him. You know, you mentioned how the Bombers rely on bombing the baseball. They yeah. did it yesterday in game five. That's how they jumped out to the big 3 nothing lead in the first inning. They, they coast to a 5-1 win. Out of the th- three of the four remaining teams, you know, the best lineups in baseball that we thought that could really keep the line moving, a lot of those teams aren't here anymore. That's the Dodgers, yeah. the Braves, really good one through nine. Maybe the Strohs have the best one remaining, Right. I would agree. That out of the four that yeah. are still going, the Strohs might have that best keep the line moving. They don't have to rely on the Big Bang Theory to get wins. The Yankees do, right? They just don't hit enough to keep the line moving to get it to the judges and the stands. Yeah, you're absolutely right. By the way, I just looked up the total for the Yankees tonight's game. It's only two and a half. Yeah, two and a half in DraftKings, but it's juiced to the over pretty heavily. Yeah. Ball. So I'm thinking maybe shop around. You might be able to find a three and a half out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if you do, it might end up being even a three here. So two and yeah. a half is a tough number to play, though. Mm. And by the way, the, the overall pregame total here is seven. Yeah. Are we expecting, if, if we're not expecting a lot of runs at the Yanks, if you want to be an over backer today, are you relying on the Strohs to put up five or six to get it there um, against Tyon? I, I think Tyon's a good pitcher, man. I, I think, he, you know, he's a guy that can be very effective. In the postseason, Dave, I, I think there's just such a heightened pressure around, especially offensively, you might sometimes be doing, trying to do a little too much, sure. what have you. I would go under here. Again, look, we saw game one in the Astros series go over. You look in that Guardian series yesterday, they scored six runs, right? I had under seven and a half from, from Monday night. And it said uh, all bets are action regardless of when the game is finished. So you were locked into it. Yeah, I was locked into it. And I said, took a nine and a half. I said, these guys are not getting 10 runs. I said, Stanton got the three-run homer. The one thing that I love is with the Yankees, you don't get that that big inning of, 
a four, five, six run inning simply because they don't hit the ball enough. They don't put the ball in play enough. So look at the, you know, Josh Towers mentioned yesterday, the bottom of that lineup, he's like, there's 12 outs. Right. Right. Like you get six through nine, four, uh, three times, there's 12 outs. So I think a similar situation here. I think JB limits these guys. Um, the Astros score five? I don't think so. I, I, I look towards the under here, and we see it juiced at 125. Yeah, nice play by you, by the way, hopping in after that three-run homer yesterday at nine and a half. Never really a sweat the rest of the way. Well, look, in base, postseason baseball, and this is a perfect example today, if you don't play the Padres-Phillies before the game starts, because some places might be six and a half. If it's a seven, I would play it under. If it's six and a half, I would stay off of it. Um, but, Dave, let's say there's a couple of runs scored early. And you get an eight and a half, nine and a half. Ooh, great opportunities to be able to take better in-game numbers. The nine and a half is a cru- crucial number on the off chance we get to five four. But you get a couple of runs here or there. These, these games at San Diego just kind of settle in, and they just—it's over. So let's look at that game here with the Padres now minus a dollar fourteen. If you like them on the run line, well, there, there's your your incentive there plus a dollar ninety. If you think the Pods can win by two, but that feels like two or more. But that feels like a, a tall task against Aaron Nola today. For the Phils, and again, that total, again, sitting at seven as well. So not a lot of offense yesterday. And again, just, you know, you're looking at the Padres. They get two on. They get the error last night in the ninth inning. And I'm looking at Machado going, I know what he's thinking. Three-run bomb, walk off this thing at 3-2. But to your point, all, they're not going the other way. They're not looking to keep the line moving. It feels like it's it's bang or bust, right, with a lot of these guys in the middle of the lineup. Same thing with Josh Bell. I mean, these guys are not looking to go the other way and keep it, keep it going for the next guy. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, by the way, isn't it just like people in San Diego right now? They're just taunting us in the middle of the day. Beautiful weather. Oh, they, wow. got, they got the LCS at home. Yeah. It's like 1 o'clock. I'm going to be down in the gas lamp. going to go watch the pods. I mean, just like I live in San Diego. My life's better than yours. Well, it's almost perfect if the home team could have won and, oh, and scored God. runs yesterday. By right. the way, but imagine if you had to sit scenario. behind Bill Walton last night, though. Oh. That's got to be the worst seat in the stadium. You're thinking, hey, I'm in the second row at Petco for the LCS. I mean, people don't realize Bill Walton is still seven feet tall. Like, you don't get shorter <laughs> as you get older. He's still the same. So that guy is standing what? right behind home plate. You do shrink, what, an inch or two? So he's 6'10", 6'11", big deal, right? I mean, come but on. Vina, he's still a seven-footer. He's like, it, he never changes. I, I think in this matchup, if you're San Diego, you got to score first. Right now, the problem has been they had that big five spot against the Dodgers on Saturday night. Yesterday, one-hit combination between three pitchers for the Man. Phillies. Dominant, dominant stuff last night by the uh, Phillies bullpen. And I think, you know, this goes to confidence. Right now, the way Philadelphia is playing, the way their offense is capable, but you add in Hoskins, you add in JT Rio Muto, and then, of course, Harper and Schwarber, you've got four guys that are capable of a long ball in this lineup. Obviously, Machado and Soto got to deliver. Josh Bell's got to step up. If this team can get something going from the middle of their lineup, they've got a chance, but I think they're going to have to do it early in this game because the longer it goes and, and Nola gets locked in, that's going to be tougher and tougher for the Padres. So, again, the series price now with the Phillies winning game one, Padres are plus $1.60. you got to lay $1.85. That feels a little steep to me. I know you're winning on the road is huge, yeah. right? And, and you got to feel like Philadelphia truly is a home field advantage. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the case for all four teams that are remaining that the vibe in your ballpark is just going to be better. But still, they can't help you play the game. What do you make of that number? Is it a little bit too juiced right now for the for the Phillies at minus dollar eighty five? I think you make a couple of excellent points. I don't. I'm not as concerned about the home field either way. Uh, I do think Houston's got a slight edge, but you know New York it's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. How do the Astros respond remains to be seen. But 
for me, I, it does feel a little bit high at 185, but again, it depends on how you perceive game two to go. If you think Philly's winning this game with Aaron Nola on the mound, then 185 is still a pretty good price because you're going to have a drastic swing if Philadelphia wins this game with three games remaining. I'm sorry, with three games at home. And remember, it's a 2-3-2 two, 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 two format. That becomes even more difficult there for the Padres. Now you've got to win two out of three in Philadelphia. Can I just, in the final seconds we have here, is the league, is Major League Baseball Rob Manfred and the, the talking, the, the, the suits up there in New York, are they rooting for a Yankee, San Diego, East Coast, West Coast? Is that what they want? You know, I was trying to think about that. From a TV market, you want Philadelphia, obviously, in New York. Uh, Houston's obviously a huge market, but you do get the West Coast audience. But let's be real here. The Clippers left San Diego. The Chargers left San Diego. Oh. I mean, it's not like they're going to be running to their TV sets. Very interesting. I'm wondering who they're rooting for. We'll find out who JVT, that Jonathan Von Tobel, likes in the NBA after game number one for the Lakers. Didn't look pretty. And what he sees as we get ready to kick off that 82-game season in earnest. Come on back. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Taste victory, taste the Caribbean. Hit the field for cash with the Malibu Football Challenge. Draft a winning lineup and take your free shot at a share of 5000 in cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Bernard now to get in on all the action. Malibu, nothing beats an original. 21 and over, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details and please drink responsibly. Never been to the Caribbean. Oh, man, you're missing out. Pina colada in a can. You could just recreate it. We'll go to your pool, Dave. If you like pina coladas and dancing in the rain, I believe was a song by Jimmy Buffett. Uh, you've got some uh, some injury updates in the NFL that might uh, affect the way people want to wager this weekend. Yeah, a couple just NFL notes coming down as practices are going here. Mark Andrews not missed practice today with the Ravens, so that's an important one to Ooh. keep your eye on here over the next couple Days, uh, Steve Wilkes saying P.J. Walker will start this week oh versus boy. the Bucks, And then for tomorrow's night's game, Cliff Kingsbury with a couple notes here from his press conference. Doesn't think Rodney Hudson will play on Thursday. That is big on the line. James Conner and Matt Prater will be game-time decisions. And Robbie Anderson, very limited, if active at all, for this week. Okay, so Robbie Anderson, uh, new place. Don't expect to see him tomorrow night. But by the way, DeAndre Hopkins will be back uh, for the Cardinals tomorrow. That's huge. That, that is big. And again, that number's moved a little bit here, up to two on Thursday Night Football tomorrow night. Uh, again, waiting. I, I don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be able to go yet or not. If so, it would be a battle of former number one overall picks. That, to this stage of their, their careers, have not exactly lived up to that number one billing. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think uh, both these guys kind of, uh, you know, look, Kyler's fine because he signed a long-term extension. He's good. He's getting paid. <laughs> yeah, but I, why are you signing the guy when he's still got time left on his contract? You're afraid because you're going to eat more into the cap? I'd rather eat more into the cap than destroy the cap by signing a guy who can't play. I.e. Russell Wilson right now in Denver. Yeah. We'll see if Russ can turn it around. Let's get to Jonathan Von Tobel. He's our senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN uh, to break down the NBA uh, Jonathan, before we look ahead uh, to tonight's action and certainly even in the futures market here, I just want to touch very quickly on what we saw last night uh, in the opening night. Nice win for the Celtics against the, the Sixers, and the Lakers looked like a mess to me uh, against Golden State last night. Was there a takeaway for you after the uh, the two marquee matchups here on opening night? 
Uh, you know, I don't think it's anything crazy, Dave. Like when you're looking at it, like the Philly Boston game, for example. You know, Philly uh, to give them some credit, solid offensive rating, a 119 against one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. But they gave up 126 points in an offensive rating of over 130, uh, and they got a minimal contribution from their bench. You know, I think they want more than just five points from DeAnthony Melton. And I mm. thought it was kind of weird too when you look at like the minutes that Doc Rivers threw out there in comparison to with their opponent, right? So the, the Celtics had three guys that played 20 or more minutes for them off of their bench yesterday. Uh, the 76ers only had one guy, and that was Melton, who played 21. The other three were talking about 12 minutes for Niang, 16 minutes for House, and 11 minutes for Montrez Harrell. I thought it was really weird that three of the starting five played 37 or more minutes, and the other two played 33 and 34. I just thought it was kind of an odd rotation uh, ask for Doc Rivers in the first game of the NBA season. Maybe that's something the monitors move forward, and maybe he can get more out of his bench if he trusts them a little bit more. Uh, but I don't think you're taking anything crazy out of that. And I think when it came to that Warriors-Lakers game, I think the takeaway is that, you know, I, I thought that if everything went right for the Lakers, not that I thought it was going to, but, like, if LeBron played 60-plus games, if AD played 60-plus games, their best outcome was going to be, like, seventh seed, win the play-in, and lose in, like, the first or second round. They still look like a team that's going to be on the fringes of the play-in race and could ultimately find themselves again 11th or lower in the Western Conference just given the fact that this roster is so flawed. you uh, potentially see LeBron trying to explore going to the Warriors next year? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> JPT, I want to go to a team that's going to get a lot of conversation this year because Kevin Durant ended up sticking around. I never thought they were going to trade him. You were never going to get a return, a fair market value for Kevin Durant. Brooklyn is a team that has dropped down to 7-1. to one. They're a three-point favorite tonight in a really intriguing matchup against the Pelicans. What are you looking for in this game from Zion? What are you looking for from Kyrie and KD in terms of anything that you'd like to see that will make you feel good about either of these teams going forward? You know, I, I think from Zion, Amal, it's just watching how he's moving. It's like, what do you look? We haven't seen him play basketball in over a year, right? And the conditioning, too, and his body size. And it's one thing to show up to camp in pretty good shape, but let's see what you look like when it comes to actually moving up and down the court and, and your wind and your gas tank and whatnot. So I think that's just more observational. And with KD and Kyrie, like, honestly, I'm not watching for much because I think I know what they are, right? It's just whether or not uh, from an off-court standpoint, from a mental standpoint, if they're going to stick around. But this is arguably, I wrote about it today up on the website, vizan.com slash JBT, by the way. Um, this is <laughs> arguably the best game on the docket tonight is you get to see the return of Zion Williams and you get to see this new version of the Brooklyn Nets uh, with Ben Simmons out there, along with KD and Kyrie, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think there's two things to watch here, guys. One, uh, the Nets are kind of banged up. Seth Curry, Joe Harris aren't going to play tonight. We know T.J. Warren still making his way back for injury. So he's not going to be out there. And what you're really going to look for is how the Pelicans handle the offensive rebounding because they were a tremendous offensive rebounding team last year. They're a very big team. They have a very big size advantage tonight against Brooklyn. If you look at it, their main lineup with C.J. McCollum out there, a point guard, offensive rebounding rate of 34.6% last season. That's a massive rate. And this is a Brooklyn Nets team that allowed the worst opponent offensive rebounding rate in the NBA a season ago. It's going to be something that works in the Pelicans' favor. So if you're watching this early and the Nets can't keep the Pelicans off the glass, I would very much look to back Brooklyn here in this spot, or excuse me, the Pelicans here in this spot, because I don't think they're going to be able to keep them off of those offensive rebounds. I want to talk about another team uh, getting their season off tonight, and that would be the Nuggets. They're going to lay seven against the Utah Jazz. The Jazz, we know that they look like they could be one of the worst teams in the NBA after basically a fire sale in the offseason. Uh, Nuggets, big picture for you, Jonathan. Are they a real player in the West? Because you're going to rely – everybody loves Jokic, of course, but you're relying on Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray coming back off injury. Do you trust those guys to be healthy this season and being a player out West? 
So first off, Dave, today it's worth noting that um, this line has crashed. This opened up eight and a half, and it's down to seven in a lot of spots. So a lot of uh, support coming in on Utah. I've talked to at least one sharp better who who backed the Jazz here. So I am kind of surprised. I'm really interested to see what this is going to play out like. And I think maybe part of it is something you're alluding to here with the big picture for Denver, which is uh, what does this look like tonight with both of those guys back out on the floor, and also what does this look like big picture for Denver. And I think it's fair to, and I think I noted this in the column this morning, if you're playing against Denver with the thought of it's going to be a little bit of a process working those two back onto the floor, I'm not going to argue with that. But I think in the big picture, I think we need to look a little bit more past what Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. bring to the table because they're going to miss some games. They're going to be rolled out slowly, and you know maybe they're going to play in the range of about 60, 65 contests. 65 might be a lot. But this is a team that also added a lot more besides them, guys. Remember, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is now part of this starting lineup. He's a really good 3-and-D guy. He's an awesome catch-and-shoot three-point attempt guy, and so he's going to fit nicely next to Lenico Jokic. Bruce Brown comes over, of course, too. That's a very solid addition for them. And Ish Smith is a really solid backup point guard to have on the floor. I really like what this team did in the offseason outside of getting healthy. So I would say, Dave, in the big picture, like if everything goes right for this team, and I used it in the NBA guide when we were picking like our seeds one through eight, I think they could very much be the one seed in the Western Conference. Wow. I think they can win a lot of games. And I think they can compete for a title. You know, a lot of people have, like, these tiers in which they separate these teams. I think the Nuggets deserve to be on the very fringes of title contender. Remember, they made a run to the Western Conference Finals just a few years ago in the Orlando bubble. And if this team, which is deeper and is going to be healthy by the time we get to the postseason, I'd very much look out for Denver in the big picture. Yeah, no hope, Pope. will give you some perimeter shooting. It's inside the perimeter that I have a concern with him. But, you know, I think it's going to be a good addition for this team here. I want to quickly take a look at an interesting matchup tonight in Toronto between the Cavaliers and the Raptors. Uh, Raptors, a slight home favorite in this one, no surprise. They were 24 and 17 at home last year. Um, They're a two and a half point favorite right now with a total of 216. We see the Donovan Mitchell era launch here in Cleveland. JVT, uh, maybe take me a little bit of insight of what you think of this matchup uh, individually and then how you see Cleveland this season. So, Amal, this is one of the, the three bets that I put up in the column today. I laid it with Toronto at minus two and a half. And my thinking is part of the question you're asking, too, about Cleveland and the grand scheme of things. But I think Cleveland comes into this a little overvalued. And I think in this matchup specifically, one of the things that the Cleveland Cavaliers really lack outside of Evan Mobley is size along the wing and the ability to defend strong wing players. And Toronto is just littered with wing guys, right? Like, oh, you know, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam go up and down the list. It's a bunch of six, seven to six, nine guys who can play along the perimeter, super athletic, and can run in transition. And while Evan Mobley is a really good defensive guy in his own right, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are still very poor defenders. And you can say, well, that's fine. They'll just switch those. But you've got to be able to execute switches on the other end as well. And that's going to be a little bit of a problem. And so when I look at Cleveland, or excuse me, Toronto, their ability to defend at a high level multiple positions, they can throw to multiple defensive wings at a guy like Donovan Mitchell tonight. I think that the market is maybe a little low here on Toronto, especially when we're talking about one spot down as low as two. If we're rating home court here is about one and a half points, which is what it was worth last season, specifically 1.7, like you're telling me that the Raptors are barely maybe, what, a half point to a point better than Cleveland? I think that's a little short here for this team. So I laid it with Toronto, and I think in the big picture, there's a lot to like about Cleveland, but I think the like with Donovan Mitchell and everything else is really glossing over some of what I think are clear flaws with this team. And not to mention, a bench which is kind of old, Right, and really relying on guys like Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love, specifically Love to replicate a really good year for him last year, and Ricky Rubio to come off of a major knee injury. I just, I think there's some flaws here with Cleveland.
Great stuff as always, JVT. Again, follow him on Twitter as I do at me, JVT, breaking down the NBA as our senior senior analyst here at VEASAN. Enjoy the games tonight, Jonathan. We'll catch up again soon. And when we come back here on VEASAN, the bully, Ricardo Lama, is going to break down UFC 280 next on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a, a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us each and every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Friday night college football bet, plus get Sunday football parlay insurance, and much more. Head to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new ballgame. Wrapping up this edition of Big Bets with Amal Shaw, I am Dave Ross. We do have our pro tip for hour number two, and it's a very good one. We were talking about this when you look in context of the futures market. And the example we gave here in hour number two was, say, of UCLA. Okay, you can play them at a nice, juicy number, say, plus $1.65, to win 11 games. That means they can only lose one the rest of the way. So if you don't think that makes the most sense, you can look at maybe a singular game like UCLA this week with a plus $1.90 to win outright in Oregon. So there are alternate ways of doing that in the futures market. It could either be a one-game money line play that gets you better numbers than the, the long total, say, over the course of the next six weeks. So it's just another way to manipulate that money in the market and find the best value out there. Uh, certainly that's the example we gave for our number two of UCLA. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a great one, Dave, because especially if you're if you're on the East Coast or, or in Colorado and you've got access to all the markets that we don't here in Nevada, <laughs> unfortunately. But dra- you know, DraftKings and, and a bunch of the other websites, there, there's a lot of there's so many markets posted there within within the within the website that there's different ways to attack the same bet. And right. it's something you always got to look at. I'll give an example. One that I, I, I screwed up on last night where I played a Joel Embiid over rebounds prop. I played over 10 and a half, uh, over 10 and a half, and it was laying minus 115. There was an index prop available at the very same shop. So this is what I'm talking about. You got to price shop within shops. Index prop listed for 12-plus rebounds at plus 130. Mm. So now it obviously would have required one more rebound, but the pricing the pricing just doesn't make exact sense. I should have played that. He had, I think, 15 last night, so it would have hit. You had a lot more money. It, obviously, I would have made more money there, so it's shop within the shop. There it is. And again, it's always finding, searching for the best numbers and that make the most logical sense. So that's how you can manipulate those markets, either in a money line situation and or playing a season win total over. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, like, for example, in the English Premier League, you'll see on a three-way line, a team to minus a half a goal, be like minus 140, but then to win the match, they're minus 130. There's little nuances there you can find consistently. Perfect, Perfect example right there, Amal. So, again, that was our pro tip for hour number two. If you are a VEASAN Pro subscriber, we urge you to do so. You will get access to 20 pro tips a day Across the VEASAN spectrum, of course, go to VEASAN.com. You can sort them out by show and or by sport. I have said this. I I think we should get rid of uh, the the East Coast time, Pacific Coast time, Central time. I get confused. So my buddy Ricardo Lamas, the bully, is not going to be able to join us today. we got our our time mixed up there uh, in Chicago. So we'll try to have Ricardo on uh, before we get to the card at UFC 280 this weekend. But why do we have the time zones of all? It drives me crazy. Is, can't well, we just do military time? Well, you can still do military time, but it doesn't affect the fact that you've got time zones. Uh, the bottom line is because nobody wants to be having this, you know, you don't want the sun arising at what would equate to, I don't know, 7 p.m., 9 a.m. Right. out here. But we say we're going to do it at, say, 1245 military time. There's just one time. If it's 045, for the, that would be in the middle of the night. Okay. on these. So, like, we can simplify this thing. 
It's not that hard. And well, yet wait, we make it more complicated. Here's, no, here's the problem, Dave. Your oh, whole yeah. argument is invalid. How so? You're trying to compare time zones and military and non-military time. <laughs> Did we just do military this conversation time? off the air yesterday? It should definitely not go on the air. <laughs> 2100, 7 o'clock. First of all, 2100 is 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. No, 9 o'clock. But, but uh, I, it's been a while. Okay. But is that Eastern or Pacific, Pacific, Dave? Is that, What's e- that? Is that Eastern or Pacific? Well, just be. Well, you're right. I, guess, I see what you're saying. But we got to simplify this thing. It's, it's, it's confusing. It's very confusing. It shouldn't be this confusing. Dave, Dave you're not strengthening the argument for Americans who are intelligent. <laughs> no, this I is know. why I said everybody shouldn't be able to vote. Oh, now I can't can't vote if I can't get the the time zones right? No, you're comparing time zones and military time. That's like literally sitting there saying, well, you know, I think uh, Blake Snell's going to do a heck of a job of pitching the baseball for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Well, he doesn't play that sport. Yep. As our director, Matt noted, and uh, Balls noted multiple times, former Marine Dave Ross yeah. as well. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> the times, it was always difficult for me. What, what was the other one you said? You struggled with maps back in the day? Oh, maps <laughs> are a disaster. Maps are compasses. The worst. <laughs> Always pointing north makes it very difficult. They're fighting in Abu Dhabi this weekend. I have no idea what time the fight is going to start, by the way. So they're fighting in Abu Dhabi over there this weekend. Charles Oliveira, by the way, the last guy to beat him at 145 pounds it was Ricardo Lamas back in the day. So now Dubronx Oliveira is a decided underdog here, plus $1.60 against Islam Makachev. Makachev right now minus $1.90. This number has come down dramatically uh, once this fight was actually announced. So money has come in on Dubronx, on Oliveira, who even though he's not – Officially the champion, 155 pounds. He missed weight in his last outing against uh, Justin Gaethje in Arizona. Look, for all intents and purposes, he still is the champ. So, Oliveira, you can still get that good plus money. But Islam Makachev is supposed to be the next. He is supposed to be Habib Nurmagomedov. He's supposed to be the next dominant champion here in the lightweight division at 155 pounds. Shameless plug, go to First Strike, First Look. They had the conversation with Lou Fernicaro yesterday. And he, you look at the, the guys they fought in this division, it's no contest that Oliveira clearly has fought the who's who in this division. So this will be Islam Makachev's biggest test, and yet he's still almost a $2 betting favorite to get this done. Just saying, be careful. If you look at the quality of competition. It is not close. There is another title fight on this bout. Aljamain Sterling, minus $1.75, against the former two-time champion in this division, T.J. Dillashaw, at the Bantamweight division. Look, T.J. has had trouble with USADA. It has not gone well for him. So some people say, did Dillashaw actually earn those victories, or was it chemically enhanced? And now Dillashaw, plus $1.50, to be a three-time champion in in this division, Aljamain Sterling's had controversy in his own part. His fights against Peter Yan. The first time around, it was an illegal strike by Yan that gave Sterling the belt. And Sterling, like, I didn't want to win it this way. And then he shows videos of him partying in Las Vegas after winning the belt. Love. Didn't sit well with everybody out there in the, in the, in the uh, fighting community. Let me contribute the only thing I can contribute to this segment, which is USADA, for people that are un- unfamiliar, United States Anti-Doping Agency. So there is a list of items that are banned on there. Very crucial. You know, it, it always amazes me when, whether it's a fighter, an athlete, whomever it might be, uh, for when they say, oh, I didn't know what I took. Do you just take things randomly and put them into your body without actually knowing what they are? That's why it's a great point. I'm on. Seriously, I give Dana White and the UFC a lot of credit for putting USADA in there. 
They didn't have to. It was a wild, wild west, right? Yeah. Back in the day in, in UFC, nobody seemed to care. Dana's tried, tried to clean up the sport. It got TJ Dillashaw. It has been a stain on his reputation. So if this is clean, TJ Dillashaw, we'll find out if it's good enough to beat Aljamain Sterling. By the way, to Aljamain Sterling's point, he did beat Peter Yan in that rematch. So people can get on him for the first time, whether or not he deserved it the first time around. To me, he's the legitimate champion uh, right now at 135 pounds. We'll find out the best of a clean TJ Dillashaw against the best of Aljamain Sterling, who's minus an hour 75. For his part, Peter Yan is on this card as well. Non-title bout against the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. My goodness, you could have gotten O'Malley over $3. This has come way down as well. So now O'Malley's just plus 225. It feels like the Sugar Show's got a real opportunity for a guy that might not want to wrestle. And if Jan doesn't wrestle, Sean O'Malley can get those hands and kicks going. That could be a very intriguing fight as well uh, in a non-title bite. Dave, I haven't really card. looked at this card yet. but uh, Oh, it's loaded. Yes, it's loaded. And uh, second, Sean O'Malley, I feel like I haven't seen uh, better than about a $3 favorite in, like, I don't know, every single one of his fights or the past, like, six fights. So, wow, staring at him at a dog. I'm just excited to watch the fight always with him. But. Well, the, the thing is that you notice here is that the three wrestlers in the top three fights are all the decided favorites. Makachev mm-hmm. minus $1.90, Aljo minus $1.75, Jan minus $2.65. We call it backpacking, right? If they can backpack their opponent, those wrestlers are going to be tough to beat. The other guys, all three of them, would prefer to keep this standing. Yes, Oliveira can get submissions, that's for sure. Dillashaw would like to keep this standing, and the Sugar Show certainly does not want to be on his back against Peter Jan. So for those maybe new to the betting space there, that's what you're looking for, and that's what we give you each and every week on First Strike. Uh, shameless plug, we're going to have that for you Friday here across the VEASAN spectrum. So those are the numbers associated with, with UFC 280. Really, really intriguing card. Very quickly, Amal, uh, final thoughts here before we shut it down. Thursday night football tomorrow night. Arizona, a little bit of the money coming in. They're not two-point favorites. Yeah, I think if you like the Cardinals, you got to jump on them now. I think the number's going to go up. When you look at the uh, Saints right now, it looks like a mash unit. Okay, and i got to work on my time zones. Clearly, I did not excel. So, there's only uh, four here uh, in the Is Continental. I've never been. The, uh, the, the mountain time still confusing. Uh, thanks for watching this edition of Big Bets. We got you covered right here at the Fountain Countdown with Stormy and Matt. Coming up next on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.